0: I pledge myself to the pod, loyal I'll always be, a P to start, a D at the end, and an O sitting in between. Hello and welcome to An Omnia paradis I'm Jay, like the letter. And I'm Angela, also known as AVO. We are two Gilmore stands diving into our own past and present, evaluating if we were ever truly ready for anything. We discuss all things from problematic school dances to what no one prepares you for after college. Listen for tales of elusive college boys and coworkers more high-strung than Paris Geller.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I have a question. I'm ready for it. Jess and Paris.
0: I just rewatched the episode where Lorelai and Emily are at the spa vicious trollop and all and there's the scene where paris and Jess are fighting over jane austen <laughs> and that other author And I'm like, they could work well together. And I see a lot of things similar. I feel like they kind of like Rory for similar
1: reasons. And I feel like they could have explored it. It could have been like the Rory Tristan kind of thing. Interesting. I mean, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is that their kids are going to have amazing hair. Like, let's just think back to Paris seasons one through three with her super long, shining, fantastic hair. And then Jess's volume. Their kids would be super angsty, but they would have amazing hair. But how about that? actual relationship part. I mean, I think that it's sort of undeniable that they have a solid connection in terms of common interests. Jess is interested in smart people and Paris is interested in smart people. I think that they do well just from that standpoint alone. Also, they're both super straightforward. They would either have a fantastic relationship or they would completely burn each other to the ground.
0: I feel like their verticals wouldn't have overlapped because she was very much traditional business, law, med school, and he was always very creative writing neither of them were great at expressing their feelings and i feel like that would have been their demise
1: rather than their ambition maybe you know how sometimes when you put two people together who seem like polar opposites who seem like they're both extraordinarily bad at communicating but all it takes is for them to just push each other and then they find something good in that i think that could have been them i think we also forget paris has like a sort of creative side with the Yale Daily News. She's reporting facts, but I think... Like how she didn't put a photo because she didn't like (laughs) the ones that were submitted or the time she fired everyone. I think both of those have a little bit of a creative flair there. She's a temperamental artiste. I don't know about that one. I think it was a couple that was never explored enough. Maybe something for the second part of the revival.
0: It's all because they wanted to do Jess's dang spinoff, which didn't go. I feel like if they weren't focused on him doing that, they could have explored him in other things. I would have liked to see him more interact with the Chilton kids.
1: Oh yeah, I really wonder how that would have gone. To see Rory try to bring Jess to a Chilton dance.
0: I mean, he already didn't do very well
1: with the school carnival winter games thing. That is true. I think definitely revival part two, when Rory is a teacher at Chilton and she shouts she needs to bring jess along as her date that's so depressing you have rory as a teacher
0: i have nothing against teachers i don't see that as rory's journey
1: i didn't necessarily either but she has a good setup there she's been offered a job and everything
0: i honestly blocked the revival out i like completely forgot about the musical until i saw it on tiktok
1: recently so yeah i'm not gonna lie i skip over the musical section That's like 20 minutes. That's Sutton Foster. But I don't understand the musical. Someone help me understand the musical. It's like the founding of Stars Hollow. It is the Stars Hollow History Museum with songs and dance that I don't quite understand
0: everything is better with songs and dance i mean that's
1: true but it's also a little bit harder to understand sometimes says the person who still hasn't seen hamilton okay yes this is true thank you gonna get some hate for that (laughs) yes because so many
0: people are gonna listen to this other than the three people we know who already know you have not
1: seen hamilton this is true well i did actually add a couple more people to our listen list so we'll see i don't want to know okay yeah
0: today i thought we could talk about our fitness journeys and being ready to start them although it's not very gilmore of us we don't have their vertical privilege being tall is another way of phrasing that or their caffeine driven metabolism oh if only because they're tall as we hear in the first episode richard
1: you're tall emily did she know she's tall (laughs) five seven That's tall. It is tall. That's five inches taller than you. I know. That's terrifying to think about. I couldn't even imagine. Fitness in terms of a journey, like if you think about it, we're in our mid-20s. This is possibly the best physical peak of our life in terms of working out. A little terrifying. I need my mid-20s a bit longer. Thanks. Oh, you officially have two months. Congrats. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So fitness, I think... I don't know, everyone's fitness journey starts a little bit differently. I know mine, I felt, started more in college when I took an active interest in exercising to be more fit, to be healthier. Up until that point, I sort of just looked at it as like a given, like, oh, I move, I'm fit. Fitness as a whole is a very interesting journey, I think, for everyone because there's like the time where you differentiate like being active from actual exercising
0: something about me is my hips are very strange i have the joints of someone who should be in a senior center at least that's the way it feels like but bet they can tell the weather they start to hurt when it gets colder and starts to get more rainy season here in california so for me similarly to a lot of kids you have to do physical fitness you do pe you do sports and things and i hated running i hated running with a passion And at my middle school, every Monday, we had to run laps around the school. It was like the activity, and I always hated it. And I hated it more than other kids. Not only was I just slow, and obviously, you don't want to be slow, I'd also felt like it took more out of me physically. My junior year of high school, I joined the dance team with my friends, and one of the things we did was go to UC no sorry UDA dance camp which is connected to UCA cheer camp if you've seen any of the bring it on movies it was exactly like that literally exactly what you think that was like they really didn't exaggerate much other than the amount of male cheerleaders at the camp oh my god did you come home with a spirit stick no but we did share a spirit stick I think I have photos somewhere oh I know I have all the girls on Facebook and most of them are pregnant or with multiple kids and they're like our age which is super scary point being I was at this cheer camp And one of the coaches had us all get into our turning positions, but on the floor, when I got into mine, she realized my hips weren't aligned. So we finally got me to the right kind of doctor who told me my hips were, I don't exactly know it, but the point is my, something with my IT bands, I have more flexibility on my stomach than on my back. I can frog leg really easily, but I can't cross my legs. And I never thought of of it much as a problem until I went to the camp, I went to the doctor and then they're like, oh no, no wonder running. Walking, hiking hurts so much because there's like a real physical thing. And now I get sneakers, I get all the like old people inserts, orthopedic shoes are a must because of these things. And for me, especially as a young child, I grew up with that era of like Nickelodeon takes two hours out of their day once a summer to like encourage kids to go outside and where magazines were pushing not fit like they do now but skinny and then not being able to move my body in those sort of ways and it always just feeling like something i could control and wasn't able to do i got that redemption in high school when i was like oh no you have a physical thing to change it really started to change it the way i saw fitness knowing that these barriers i thought i could control i really couldn't and that i had to learn to accommodate them and it wasn't something that i needed to fix Something I needed to learn to work within.
1: I don't know. I didn't realize that like you had only started physical therapy in high school.
0: I did physical therapy three different times. They were all from like senior year of high school, once in college, once after college.
1: Or no, once right after college and then once recently. How do you think that's helped you like redefine fitness in your life?
0: I judge other people. I know it's not good, but I think it's better when we just admit it. I'm a judgy person. But the other thing that comes with being a judgy person means you judge yourself harder than you really judge anyone else. With that being said, not being able to have the physical mobility everyone else has and certain things, the way for me it manifests most frequently is I always look like I have weird pigeon feet in photos. I don't look good sitting. I can't cross my legs and do the nice photo on top of a bar or in Vegas where you're sitting at the booth. Like I just can never do those photos. And if I I try. I have to make sure I have good feet. The thing that sucks is I have really high arches, so I would have been a great ballerina. I mean, never say never. And it's a a never. It's a never at this point. (laughs) I think the big thing came to terms with fitness is I had not lower. I don't think it was a lower of expectation, but it was a changing of expectations of what I could and could not do. I'm not someone Mm -hmm. who liked running, and I'm not someone who's going to like running, nor should I be someone who runs because it literally deteriorates me. So instead, I stick to things like dance videos or strength training or Pilates or things that I can accommodate and work. For what I need as opposed to being like, oh, all my friends go on runs, I'm going to go on run or all my friends like to hike, I'm going to go hike. It's just about finding what works. And the two kind of things that pushed me through to start working out, one, it has to be for me and only me for physical benefits, but also for the mental benefits. And now I'm honestly feeling especially in quarantine, I'm really seeing the mental benefits even more than the physical one. And then the second is the quote: "You'll never regret a workout after you've done it." Which really, I don't know why, but like because I'm stubborn, mm. it's really true. And once I kind of just got myself on that bandwagon, you're not gonna like it. And then you're gonna be like, "I worked out. I let myself lounge in bed all day. I eat the extra piece of cake, or I do another workout because my friends want to go for a walk, and it's the only way I can see them." It makes me feel like I check something off my to-do list that was only for me, and that was something that was worth doing, and I don't regret it. But the thing that really bothers me about physical fitness it's one of those things you're lied about because you're deteriorating either way because either a you're sitting there and being a potato and not doing anything in which you lose muscle mass you lose bone density you just kind of decay but also when you look at the bones of dancers or athletes or anything they also have a bunch of problems like soccer players and their acl football players and concussions so it's also thing of like if you really put too much straight on your body you also decay faster
1: that's true i know in college when i tried to get into running one of my family members told me like that is the absolute worst thing you can do to your joints you will absolutely ruin them by the time you're in your early 40s you're gonna need like a knee replaced or something so i stopped doing that i actually still say i go on runs i do walks now for some reason whenever you tell people you're going on a walk You get judged for it. Even in quarantine? Even in quarantine. If I tell people I'm going on a walk, they're like, oh, that's not doing anything for you. You need to run. You need to do cardio. Yes, I do cardio. But are you running or jogging? Neither anymore. Or you're walking. I'm actually walking. Well, I saw this TikTok and again. TikTok
0: is not a reliable source, but like I heard this from different people that if you're not going to run, walking is better than jogging. I think it has to do with a pacing thing or mobility. I don't know, but I heard jogging is worse than running and walking. So it's like if you're not going to run, don't jog,
1: walk. Interesting. I mean, I have heard that jogging is not good for you, but I assumed it was just for the same reasons as running, just the way that you were moving and maybe the stress that you're putting on your joints. I know at the beginning of quarantine, just sitting at home and trying to adjust to my new workstation, I had crazy joint pain. And so I was looking into arthritis and all of this different stuff. And you need to move your joints to keep them in good shape. But also if you move them too much... They're going to wear down so much faster. So it's this crazy balance that you have to put together. And then I think the whole thing about trying to readjust your expectations about what you can do in terms of exercise, I feel like that just needs to be normalized across the board. There are so many different fitness programs now and personal training, and now there's YouTube fitness and TikTok fitness. And all of the people who do these things, like it works for them. It works for their body type. It works for what they have. When you have underlying conditions, you need to adjust your workout and not be afraid to adjust your workout
0: I mean I think for most people the two most important things are the first thing I said which is you'll never regret doing a workout and kind of something that goes with that is the workout you do is the workout you should do I can't imagine myself ever going to a spin class mostly because I have a very sensitive tailbone I've sprained it twice when I went rock climbing somehow like, the belay went on wrong and I couldn't sit for like a month so like I can't ever imagine myself going to a spin class because that just sounds like miserable for me. But I found this person who does dance videos on YouTube and they looked easy until I tried them. They're not easy. I do them almost every single day and they're great because they're in a interval format so it's like 20 seconds on 10 seconds off but it's to songs from various things. She does Broadway, she does hip-hop, she does Latin, she does boy bands, high school musical, she did all three. And I can get myself
1: to do those daily. Oh, I love that. The best workout you can get is the one you'll actually stick to. Definitely. I know in college the big thing that I stuck with was Zumba. I would do that three days a week when I first got into fitness. My first year and part of my second year in college, that was my main form of cardio. My problem with dance classes in general is I feel like they set up dance classes
0: for ways where like, you need to be able to pick up really fast. And I think the more classes you go to, the better you'll be able to do it. The reason I like the dance videos I do is because you're taught two eight counts per song and you just repeat Mm. them as opposed to zoom they're like okay five six seven eight left 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 right left left turn salsa and then it's like wait what and then they're like okay moving on you don't know if you're gonna continue and repeat until like you're at the last move and then they're like oh okay repeat and that's like i don't remember
1: what i'm repeating yeah basically but that's definitely a me (laughs) thing Well, I mean, as far as I go, like either way, if it's a Zumba class or if it's a dance video or if it is just you trying to teach me like four moves when we're together. Or or clapping. clapping. Yeah, it's all really difficult for me because I have zero rhythm. But I try. I don't know. Like, that's fun for me. Like, in Zumba, I would definitely hide in the corner. And now, even at home, if I attempt a dance video workout, I make sure that no one else is here so they can't see me. It's fun. I
0: try. There's working out because it's good for your mental health. It's good for your physical health. Just so you should be moving. And then there's working out for a physical goal. And I think if you're working out for a physical goal, you have to be conscious because I think it's very easily especially for women to kind of slippery slope down that into their body image issues eating disorders and things which just aren't great the one big change which I've seen in media and I don't necessarily just account to social media Mm -hmm. but I think the Kardashians really changed this as much as I don't want to give them credit I grew up on magazine covers you want to be skinny it doesn't matter how much wrong you are It doesn't matter your muscles it doesn't matter if you're an hourglass. you just need to be as bony and skinny as possible and now I feel like It's about how strong you are, how fit you are, because a girl who's super lean but is very bony versus a fitness model who might be slightly thicker but is all muscle is going to be the one everyone's attracted to now. And that's kind of more the standard of beauty, which still is unrealistic, but I think it's more realistic for everyone to get to their fittest six-pack muscle kind of bodybuilder shape than to be pencil,
1: slim, and bony. I mean, very true. I think it is all about that balance And however, whatever your healthiest is, is your healthiest. My thought is like all over the spectrum. Hmm, do I want to be a little bit curvier? Do I want to be a little bit flatter here? I go back and forth all the time. We are the same height as Kim Kardashian. Could we pull off those curves? Maybe? Okay, also, well, just make it clear that Kardashians have a lot of plastic surgery,
0: whether they'll admit it or not, those curves are not 100% natural.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. But sometimes too, being your fittest self is maybe working towards the point where you want something done.
0: True. I mean, that's exactly – I had a breast reduction. And in part of doing that for the physical benefit, I wasn't my fittest self. And so one of the things going in to get the surgery was I wanted to get to a much fitter point in my life. I got kind of depressed after college. We're still not completely over that, but we're managing it better. We're back in therapy, and part of doing the thing for the surgery was getting into a place where maybe if I lost weight, my chest would get smaller naturally. And I lost a significant amount of weight, and what happened was my band size shrunk, but my cup size didn't, meaning I ended up actually having to go up two bra sizes, which was not ideal for being 5'2", 5'3", on a good day. So I ended up getting surgery to fix that, but I wouldn't have gotten the surgery without first trying
1: to do it on my own. I think that's just like the best way that you can approach it. I'm very upfront with everyone. I currently hate my jawline, and so that's the goal of 2020 maybe to come out of quarantine with a new jawline that'd be fantastic do you want one of those like devices you put under your chin and you just like nod all day oh my god have me- you seen those maybe i haven't seen them but i'll try anything
0: like a shake away for your chin you just nod a bunch And it's supposed to help.
1: See, I feel like that's going to be murder on my neck. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Maybe we'll do a try episode. Maybe I'll try it. (laughs) I
0: mean, I think with fitness and health, everything in general, there's the twofold of wanting to look a certain way and then kind of asking yourself, why do I want to look this way? If it's to be a Kardashian, to be more attractive, to get boys, girls, whoever you're into, to think you're more appealing or worthier oh god every guy i like it i mean this will be true for me every guy likes more of an ass guy but i don't have an ass trying to do something in that
1: realm oh my god same (laughs) okay this is like definitely like more of a just like stranger story one time i was out at a bar and this guy tried to pinch my ass but there was nothing there So he just like grabbed my jeans and he got so confused. Did you know this man? I did not know this man. So it's that's why I call it a stranger story. A stranger did this. It's not okay. But it was just sort of like joke is on. I was in a bar. I was over 21. Joke was on him. He attempted to grab me but he just got a fistful of pant because i am completely flat back there
0: are you sure he wasn't just trying to like steal your phone or see if you had any cash back there oh my friend's phone hmm. got stolen twice that way you thought he was grabbing us You thought he was grabbing a phone
1: It was dark. I don't know, stranger who grabbed my jeans. If you ever hear this, drop a comment and let me know what was happening. (laughs) I think there are certain people, whether it be
0: influencers or models. I remember my freshman year, my hallmates all ordered pizza and watched the Victoria's Secret fashion show. And I literally wanted to throw up and I couldn't eat the pizza because for me, it wasn't like, oh my God, I want to look like Kendall Jenner, Gigi Hadidah. Because I'm never going to be that tall. I'm never, I'm not even freaking tall enough to be a Disney princess. Their bodies are... 80% genetics but 20% work They do a lot in terms of their diet Leading up to the day of the show Mm -hmm. and just General fitness year round to look that way And if I want to even just look like The best version of myself to do anything Similar eating that pizza while watching Them was not positive towards that Goal kind of think of it in terms Of oh no I'm gonna get there I'm gonna get there moment of silence it's kind Of like Bruce what are you doing for the baby Kind of like what are you doing for your body Mm -hmm. So is and it depends like Some people need to eat the pizza because they're restricting themselves too much. Some people need to say no to the pizza. Everyone kind of is on their own journey with what they want. I just think we need to be more accepting of all body types and whatever part of the journey anyone's on. But I think the part where I feel like society kind of tried to overcorrect was the thing of like you're beautiful, you look great, like work it, like yes, queen, like you do you body positivity. <laughs> At the same time, if I'm not happy with my body. I don't want you to be like, God, like your body's so great. Like I, you look so good. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the point, but I think it's a thing of like, you're validating the feelings that someone's having and that's still not
1: right right it's so hard some people too like they may not outwardly show you like the struggles that they're having with their body like some people are a lot more private about that and i think we just we need to be cognizant of it of course we always want to support people like we want to support our friends like if we see someone on the street who like we think is cute like we want to let them know that i love your top like that dress looks great on you this is amazing but i feel like they're showing support and then there's almost overselling it. There's that. And then the other thing, which I think
0: it's a twofold. I think one, everyone's like, why do we compliment the way women look? And that's the whole patriarchy thing, which I also get. I like being told when someone likes what I'm wearing. I know it's superficial, but I like it. And it's, so it's hard when I'm like, I don't know you have a glowing personality or you have a nice brain or you're funny walking down the street. I do know if I want to know where your shoes are from. This is true. So I think that's just something in general I think we need to rebalance on. But I think, Angela, the people may or may not know, you have very curly hair. Sometimes you like it. Sometimes you don't, depending on the season, your mood, and the water you happen to be around at the moment. All true. Hard versus soft water. Hard versus non-hard water. I don't know (laughs) what the opposite of hard water is. I just know hard is bad or a lot of different hair types and a lot of different skin types depends on the type of water but if someone came up to you when you felt you weren't having a good hair day and just kept trying to tell you oh my gosh your hair is so great I wish I could have that volume I wish I could have those curls as much as you know it's coming from a good place if you told them thank you I appreciate it but I'm not loving it right now and they were just like no but I want your hair like I want a wig out of it I understand you're trying to help but you're just telling me I can't feel and I don't have a right to feel this way because you aspire for this I
1: honestly think it's just such a fine line. And not to say that we're all bad at this, but I think that we just need to like hear each other a little bit. I feel, again, people, you may or may not know this about me, but I actually have a chronic illness and it impacts my relationship with food. I have IBS and what basically happens with me, it's called irritable bowel syndrome. And it's basically this catch all term for a illness that affects your digestive system. So for me, when I eat food, sometimes my body doesn't digest it properly and it's just in my stomach. I'm not absorbing nutrients so my weight fluctuates a lot and also I get like really bad bloating and heartburn and nausea and so you have all of these different symptoms that impact your daily life and if I'm not having like such a great day and i have to put on like my size my big jeans and my oversized sweatshirt because i can't zip my big jeans because i'm having like such a bad bloating day and i'm in terrible stomach pain and someone's like oh my god you look amazing i look like i put in i put in zero effort i feel terrible please don't tell me i look amazing because i really like i'm terrified of what you think i look like on a day where i think i look good and you don't say anything. See, I
0: understand where you're coming from. But I also feel like that has to do with not like that's a you problem, because like you can you should feel however you want. But I also think the fact that you use the term like when I'm in bigger jeans or in my sweatshirt and like the jeans don't button, that's something that hit a nerve with you so that if someone compliments you, you're not like I'm not trying to mansplain you. But like when you feel a certain way about it. The person, like, (laughs) you can't give credit to the reason the person said it. Just because they complimented you one day and not the next doesn't mean they thought you looked better or worse. They might have just seen you that day and, like, acknowledged it. Maybe they were in a good mood. Maybe they got laid. Maybe they got a bonus. Like, whatever put them in that mood to tell you that didn't necessarily mean they thought you looked great the other days or shit the other days. Like, that's something you tell
1: yourself. I mean, that is true. Like, I'm definitely a lot more sensitive on those days.
0: I also feel like IBS is the new, like, thing. Not like it's trendy, but similarly to jaw surgery, I feel like a lot of people I know have IBS now. Like, I almost got diagnosed with IBS. Was able to work on my digestion system. But you're one of three friends who have it. And then two of my friends got jaw surgery and no, neither one of them was cosmetic. There is a difference between getting a procedure for cosmetic reasons or getting a cosmetic outcome out of a life-saving needed surgery.
1: Yes. I know when I was diagnosed with it, it was definitely gaining more media attention, like there were a lot of articles out about it like, oh, like have you heard about IBS? Like maybe you have it. Like you should talk to your doctor. Like I know now I see all sorts of commercials about different IBS drugs or sometimes IBD, which is another term under IBS. It's so weird because it's so common, but it also still feels So unique to people. Because I know definitely when I try to explain it, one of the things that happened to me when mine got really bad is that I can no longer have alcohol. I'm not supposed to drink. About, what was it, two months before my 21st birthday, doctors told me, yeah, you really shouldn't drink. It's just not for you. Still tried it. I think probably about two years ago, I cut it out completely. And now when I have like one glass of wine, stomach pain within hours. I feel like the other thing
0: with IBS and correct me if I'm wrong is it's a catch-all term but because it's a more general term you can have different symptoms and different reactions to different things and
1: be told you have IBS. Right yeah so it's like you have IBS but then you could have something like a little bit more niche disorder within the IBS family if that makes sense. My niche disorder has not been figured out yet. They have Determined that I definitely fall into this family
0: because when my doctor told me like like I was having digestion issues and my doctor's like oh you might have IBS but it was like it wasn't like you have digestion issues because of acidity or because um I also have hypothyroidism like it wasn't mm-hmm. pinpointed it was just, IBS was the symptom not the cause if that makes sense yeah. So that's why I feel like everyone's different because I have friends who have IBS and they drink
1: and they that doesn't affect them. Yeah. So like the way it's explained to me, because actually what's really fun, too, is when you're diagnosed with IBS, they send you to IBS class, part of the chronic illness team family at my lovely provider, healthcare provider. So that's really fun. They're like, everyone's different. They're like, you need to identify what you can do and what you can't do. Actually, for me, exercise actually turned out to be a huge trigger for me. If I'm not careful about how I introduce exercise into my life, I just like decided I wanted to immediately like springboard into something. The stress on my body causes symptom flare-ups. So I know a big one for me was actually yoga. When I got into yoga, that was a huge game changer. It was the best form of exercise that I could do when I had symptom flare-ups. And so actually during the quarantine too, I've been using this app because I can't go to yoga class anymore. So I just do yoga on my work breaks, 10, 15 minutes. I'm getting my movement in, but also I know like I can set it and specifically say, I want something that's going to aid with digestion. I want something that's going to help open up the muscles in my abdominal area. And I feel like it's a good way opened up like a great new form of exercise to me that honestly I didn't consider before. Pre-IBS, I was just like I do not have the patience for yoga. I can't stand here. I am not holding this position for a minute. Not into the silence. Like I want music, I want movement. I want to go. With yoga has always
0: been a thing of I started out and I feel like a lot of young women start out for exercise in terms of your physical shape, whether that's losing weight, whether that's gaining muscle, and yoga never seemed to really contribute to either one of those goals. So I feel like it's hard to consider doing yoga exercise, but it's also a thing of like, it does have benefits in terms of mental ones similarly to exercise, but then also it can help more specifically, I think with like joints and pains and it helps to alleviate that stuff, which when you're able-bodied and of normal health, you don't really consider those things as important until you're 80 and in a wheelchair. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, I definitely, I've always looked at yoga more of like, pre-IBS was, okay, I'm going to do my cardio, and then I'm going to do yoga. Like, that's the way that I'm going to, like, keep my muscles lean. And it definitely helped with that. So it's like, I look at yoga more as, like, the second part of my exercise routine. See, and kudos to you, because I can't have more than one part of an exercise routine.
0: One part is enough. See? And if it works, it works. So I think similarly to the way we intro this And our podcast in general. You're never ready to start one. Or you're always ready to start one. It just depends how open you are to... Fitness and your own goals and being honest with yourself because just there's no right time to start. I mean, as cliche as it sounds, it's like there's no right time to change your life or to start a new habit. There's
1: no right time, there's just time. And on that note, I think you should all let us know where you are in your current fitness journey because we'd like to hear. Maybe you'll give us some new inspiration. I know I'm almost out of routines on my yoga app, so I'll be looking for something new. Actually, if anyone's tried bar, let me know. Lots of little movements. Okay. And before we go, are you ready for some avo toast? AKA some of my shower thoughts that sounds dirty (laughs) um well this one is not so today's toast is i think that audiobooks should be voiced recorded read transcribed into audio format by their author if i'm reading one of mindy kaling's new essays i want to hear it from mindy kaling and i know she voices one of them But I want to hear all, I think it's seven. I think it's seven. I want to hear all seven from her. I feel like that's not a very unpopular opinion. Do shower thoughts have to be unpopular opinions?
0: I don't know. I thought avatose were more your controversial statements.
1: Oh, I mean, I don't have one of those
0: today. I mean, I agree with that. Why would I listen to any book read? No, (laughs) just no. But I feel like so many of them out there are read by different people. Maybe that's because I only listen to celebrity books that the celebrity voices that i am unaware of this but yeah i wouldn't listen to a book like i don't listen to like some random person read becoming by
1: michelle obama oh yeah or someone else do warren graham's biography Mm -hmm. like i wouldn't have read that or heard that yeah no but if you would love a really great one voiced by the author uh tiffany haddish the last black unicorn it's a great one and yeah thank you all for listening today our six friends that we let listen to this uh we hope you really enjoyed it Be sure to join us next week, but right now, grab your coffee bowl and don't forget to rate, download, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you lead will follow, so head on over to at inomniapod on Instagram and let us know what you want to hear about in the comments. Bye! Bye!